we are in a world where you can Google anything and you can pull up a document and certainly you're going to find something. No matter any of those documents I mentioned, you, you can find one. The problem is, is that it's so much deeper than that. It's more than just the terms on the paper. It's the background. It's how does the terms fit into the facts and circumstances of your particular situation. Small businesses are the backbone of the American economy and here in Michigan, but only 50% will make it five years in business. On Mitten Money, host William Zank will focus on helping Michigan-based business owners with the tough questions that will help them succeed. How do I expand my business? What options do I have for retirement? How do I move forward? Having worked with small business owners throughout his entire career and with excellent attention to detail and strong analytical skills, William Zank of TriStar Trust will unearth answers to these questions and more. You can subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at TriStarTrust.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Mint Money. Let me ask you a question. If you're starting a business, when would you want to file the necessary legal paperwork to incorporate it? Having some trouble? Don't worry, it's a tough question to answer. Every business is different, and that's why it's so important to have someone that you can chat with to help navigate through these tough topics. As you can probably guess, this leads into our guest for today's show, which I'm very excited to have a conversation with Christine Savage, who's currently an attorney and a shareholder with the Low Law Firm. She has extensive knowledge when it comes to estate planning, corporate business matters, and so much more. She's been recognized as a thought leader in many legal categories, including spending time as an adjunct professor at Western Michigan's Cooley Law School, and as an author covering many thought-provoking topics. If you're at all interested in learning more about the legal side of business, trying to find a trusted legal professional, or learning more about unique challenges for businesses within Michigan, then this is an episode that you won't want to miss. So welcome, Chris, to Mitten Money. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get started. So what made you initially interested in practicing law? I see that you're from your background that you originally graduated from MSU. So go Spartans. Yes, definitely. <laughs> With a degree in accounting and later receiving an LLM degree in taxation. So does having a deep knowledge in accounting and taxation help you out when you're working with different business owners? I think it's critical. Law school was always part of my plan. And I think that in looking at the law, I understood early on too, there are certain areas that lend themselves to certain personalities and things like that. And maybe a, being a litigator wasn't necessarily my lane. So corporate was always the intent. So to build up to that is why I went into the business department in Michigan State particularly the accounting field. And then I went to law school and my law degree has a concentration in taxation. And then after practicing for a few years and working more in mergers and acquisitions and more of the complex tax transactions, I realized that maybe an LLM, which has a deeper focus on those corporate tax matters, would be helpful. So at that point, after I was practicing, I went to Wayne State and got the LLM in tax. How common is it for attorneys to have that LLM for someone who doesn't have necessarily as deep of a legal background as you do? Is that something commonplace where some people may have it, some people may not have it? I don't think it's common. I don't think you're going to come across a lot of attorneys that have the LLM. There is a combination of certified public accountants and attorneys, and I think that that is probably comparable, but I don't see a lot of attorneys that have the LLM. Certainly, there are many, particularly in the larger law firms in Detroit, you're going to have attorneys that have an LLM. It's not common. For businesses, do you mind discussing when are good times to seek out the services of a lawyer, whether that may be for business startup advice, counsel, et cetera? I know that there probably is never the perfect time. 
all the stars in the solar system are all kind of lining to go say, hey, you need to go hire a lawyer. And so in your opinion, when would be a good point to kind of seek out someone's services? Generally speaking, there is the duration of the business that attorneys get brought into. It's the initial formation, like you mentioned, the incorporation documents and things like that. But then there's many steps along the business process in which an attorney is consulted. For example, when the shareholder agreement comes into place or you have transition documents, even retirement planning for employees, employee matters, all of that stuff that comes up. But most critical, I would say, is the beginning, which is the formation, and then the end, which is where their business transition is at, whether that means that's a transition to family members, whether that's a transition to a person that's purchasing the business. But the mergers and acquisitions that happen along the way, and of course, then at the end, when they're transitioning their business, are probably the most critical times. So from my perspective, I can definitely see how if you were going to go consult an attorney on the personal side for a will and a personal trust is probably a lot different from a business. What complexities would come up if someone without a legal background were to go try and do some of the work that you help your clients do in regards to some of the things that you mentioned in that prior answer? We are in a world where you can Google anything and you can pull up a document and certainly you're going to find something. Any of those documents I mentioned, you can find one. The problem is, is that it's so much deeper than that. It's more than just the terms on the paper. It's the background. It's how does the terms fit into the facts and circumstances of your particular situation. So yes, it is true that people try to kind of develop them themselves, but it really is the critical analysis to come up with the documents that make it important, the provisions of the document. And understanding I am an attorney, so I'm biased, but I really do think that those documents that a business owner is benefited by the input from an attorney. And so then in your opinion, using the Google analogy again, how would you go about trying to find a good attorney or a good trusted attorney? I imagine that there's probably better things than just Googling good attorneys around XYZ area. Is there something to where you'd recommend people go and consult with different friends? Is there some sort of a legal association or a legal society within the state of Michigan or within certain cities that would be a good resource? They're both. I think the most beneficial way to seek out attorney representation is to ask people in comparable situations. So business owners, go ask other business owners, other business owners that have been through similar situations. Hey, I want to sell my business. I know you sold your business. Who did you use? How did you feel about that? How did it go? And I think that that's probably the best way to find an attorney. Certainly the state bar has a referral source, so you can call the state bar and they will give you an attorney that practices in the area that you're requesting. But I don't think there's anything better than just a word of mouth referral that, hey, this is the attorney I use. I had a good experience. I would try him or her. In America, it's estimated that two out of every three workers in the nation work for a family-owned business. This, as you can expect, can create a number of challenges if a family member wants to pass on their legacy to a new generation of owners, which I can only start to imagine the amount of complexities that are starting to go off there. And so what issues do you see that come up most often with this transition? For most people out there, they just want to have a smooth transition. But obviously, that you've probably seen with your own experience, if you don't do things correctly, it could definitely lead to a lot of headaches that the person who wanted to leave that legacy probably didn't want to intend or impose on anyone. I think that the sooner an individual 
starts planning for the transition, the better. And I understand when someone first starts a business, the last thing they're thinking about is, how am I going to transition this? But if you have those documents and things in place, it does make the transition smoother. And what I mean by that is you have maybe a buy-sell agreement that says, okay, if something should happen to me, here's how I want my shares to be distributed. Here's the family members or non-family members that I would like to transition the business to. That being said, probably the most common situation that we have is that we have business owner has three children, maybe one is involved in the business and the other two aren't. And they're thinking, okay, how am I going to be able to transition this business? I want my son or daughter that's involved in the business to be able to transfer it to them. But hey, how do then do I equalize things for the other children that aren't involved in the business? So that is an issue that ends up involving estate planning and business planning because the goal is to transfer the business, but yet in many cases still provide equal distribution to children, which is not always easy. But that's probably the most common. If we lived in a perfect world and someone had enough assets and they left their business to the one that was involved and then just gave the other assets to the other two, but so often it's just not the case. And then we have to figure out, okay, how do we make this work? And that's probably the biggest challenge that business owners should have. The worst thing you can do though is not plan at all. And then at death, there's just no plan. And then it ends up equal in many cases, just whatever your documents say. So then it's going equal to your children. And sometimes that's not the result that you would have wanted. So two thoughts come to mind from that answer, which is phenomenal. So let's just say, for example, that there's a situation where there is a father and mother and they own XYZ donut shop. It happens to be very successful in any town USA and their kids are 11 and 10. So obviously not age and majority at that point, but eventually if something were to happen to them, they want to transition that business you know, from themselves to the children. So let's just say if something unfortunately happens to the mother and the father where they're not able to work and unfortunately maybe they're not living as well. What would you recommend if you're wanting to still honor and continue on that legacy for that donut shop? What would your first thoughts be to who should be trying to watch over that business and what were your first thoughts on that? My first thought is this is an issue that is going to overlap between business planning and estate planning. Because the children that you described in your scenario are minors, and if you don't have like a trust in place, for example, then distributions go directly at death. So to have the progression of a business, you're going to want those shares to go into, like, for example, a trust, perhaps. And then that trust can hold those shares in trust and run the donut business until the children are old enough to then take on the business. The critical piece to consider is who the individuals are that you're going to have watch over the business. And when it's a trust, those individuals are referred to as trustees, which which I know you're very familiar with. But for that reason, because there has to be a mechanism that someone can operate the business in the interim. And again, that would incorporate the trust provision. And it wouldn't hurt to maybe build in some discretion for your trustees so that maybe of the two children, one develops this great business acumen and they decide they want to run with this business and make it a success and franchise it off and do lots of amazing things. Maybe the other one wants to go into the medical field. So if the trustees have some discretion they can plan for those sorts of things and try to both transition the business and look out for the futures of the children as well. What unique business challenges do you see for Michigan businesses out there? Are there unique challenges as it pertains to different businesses that are within the state within certain areas or sectors? Well, actually, that is an interesting question. Given the time period that we're in right now, probably the biggest 
issue facing businesses is this economic uncertainty. We're in a climate where we're just coming out of a pandemic where businesses have had to operate differently probably than they ever have in the last 18 months. So away from the tax and the financial aspects, they're having to figure out, okay, how am I going to operate my business going forward? Did this work when everyone was home? Did it not work? Do they still want to stay at home? Are they willing to come back? Do I need brick and mortar? Do I not? So you have all those sorts of things they're facing. And then you have to couple that with the financial issues, which is this never-ending tax challenge. You don't know what the future is going to hold. There's been a political shift. So we're expecting some significant tax changes, whether those changes at the federal level, how is that going to impact us at the state level? So business owners right now are facing maybe more challenges than they have in many years past, just because of the current circumstances we're in. And we have all these business issues, non-tax and tax related that they have to face. Oh, sure. It can definitely create a lot of uncertainty for people. Who could have ever tried and planned for a pandemic? Business stoppage, interruption, and everything else that have gone on over the past, gosh, 18, 24 months. But as you go continue into the future, forecasting is very tough. Not everything kind of works up to the financial projections that you have to go plan out. Agreed. We have staffing issues and supply issues and all sorts of things that just businesses haven't had to face before. And it impacts their business. So they're being asked to operate in very uncertain times. And then when you couple that with the financial uncertainty, it's tough to be a business owner right now. Transitioning more over from the legal background to your writing background, from your author background, you're quite an accomplished author writing on a wide variety of these different legal issues. And so how did you become such a thought leader on these different topics? Is this just something that you just had a passion for over time and maybe another hidden talent of yours that you're a very talented writer? Do you have a, maybe some fiction books down the road you want to release or anything like that? Nothing like that. No, thank you for that. But where the writing comes from is largely from client circumstances. Generally, most of my writing is around the tax aspect and the estate planning. So when we see issues that clients are facing, Generally, that's where the writing comes from. A lot of what I've written, the publications have been through the Institute of Continuing Legal Education. So I do those partly too, to kind of feel like I'm giving back to the profession. Many of them are attorney read or intended documents. So that's kind of where it comes from, is just gathering the issues that the client is facing and trying to write them to provide information, topics that seem to be facing people. And so from a younger person like myself, I've always struggled with, in my opinion, I think I can write decently well. I struggle with the thoughts of actually having what I wrote out there for the public and for everyone to go read. And so how did you initially overcome that? Because obviously at some point, everyone's in the same boat to where they haven't published anything. And so how did you come over that in order to kind of start with your first piece and release your first piece to the public? I don't know if there's a lot of people like me, but I always feel like, gosh, at some point, someone's going to catch on and they're going to think that I really don't know what I'm talking about. So when I write something, that insecurity is probably part of that. So over time, though, you keep writing things. And believe me, there's editors and things involved. And I consult with other individuals to be able to do that. You hit on a difficult thing that probably not a lot of people realize is, yes, it is difficult to put that stuff together. But then over time, the more you write, and I get a lot of feedback, I get a lot of questions, particularly from attorneys, they'll say, I saw you wrote on this. Can you answer some questions? So as you may know, because you've written things, there's no better way to learn a topic than to write on it. The research that's involved and you get to know that topic in very, very great detail. So from that standpoint, it also gives me a networking opportunity with other attorneys. 
when they call and say, hey, I saw you wrote on this. Can you give me some more information? Or I saw you wrote on a trust. Can you give me a form? So there's that sort of benefit from it as well. Very cool. Moving on to our kind of last signature question. So at TriStar, while as a firm, we provide comprehensive wealth management services to our clients, at the center of this are relationships. Building genuine relationships is something that we talk about every day. And I'm sure that you find relationships as a key part to being a successful attorney. So can you talk about that and maybe share any examples that you've experienced firsthand with regard to the importance of building relationships within your law firm and also out in the community as well? Absolutely. This question, I think, is critical. And I think it's critical probably for a law practice. For example, you at TriStar and any other business, there is nothing more important, I think, than the relationship. And I'll start with the relationship with clients. It is of critical importance that we develop a relationship with each and every client. And that's probably the thing I enjoy most about the practice of law. I enjoy that clients get to know me. I enjoy that I talk to them and maybe I don't talk to them again for two years. And I remember, and they ask me how my kids are doing and I know what kids they have. There's nothing more important, I think, than being able to develop that relationship so they have a comfort level. For example, we have several clients, because as you know, we do closely held businesses a lot, along with estate planning. We have several clients that we represent generations of their family. And I think that that is so important because I feel that if they trust us to refer their children to us in that line, that there's really nothing better than that. I was thinking about this earlier. I think the one I can think of the largest is the fourth generation. We are just starting to bring grandchildren into the family business through some transition planning. So there's the client relationship and it's the getting to know the client. But then from a marketing standpoint relating to relationship, we don't advertise. We rely largely on those relationships from our current clients. And it makes me feel good when someone calls and says, okay, so-and-so referred me to you. Because that means that they felt that they got some value out of that relationship. And I appreciate that. And we also have relationships that we maintain with business owners like yourself, like TriStar. There's a wealth of information that we gather from other professionals like yourself. And that I think is very important because we stay in our lane. We're tax lawyers and we're estate planning lawyers. We don't do investments. We don't know wealth management which is why we rely on our relationships with professionals to be able to offer a full service to our clients. And then again, there's the relationship with community members and other community organizations, other foundations and other things that I think it's important to get involved with to be able to help the community. And I think that those relationships are what allow us to continue. So I don't think there's anything more important than establishing and maintaining relationships with all of the different groups that you mentioned. Sure. And such a powerful answer too. I mean, touching upon just different things from going from one generation to another, going at it from a referral kind of standpoint too. Those are all just key tenants you hit on with just different things in business. And so that's an A++ type answer. Thank you. For those who want to learn more about yourself and also the low law firm, what are some good resources for the listeners out there? Well, the best way to learn is they can call me. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about any of the topics that we have just discussed or any questions they may have. We also, of course, have a website and there's the information, there's the books and things that our law firm are involved in. But generally, if someone has questions, we're more than happy to answer those. Sure. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mid Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast. You don't miss when new episodes drop. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. You've been listening to Mitten Money. 
sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at TriStarTrust.com. Trust.com.